Alright, welcome everyone to another panic attack with Big John. <laughs> I had this whole uh, idea. I was going to open this show with the clip of all the celebrities uh, doing the Trump won't be president thing. It's like a five minute long video. And you're, you've probably seen it. I was going to, you know, you obviously just hear the audio, but <laughs> uh, the video I clicked on was just Obama babbling about how Trump won't be president and other things uh, in, a, in an unintelligible way. But I was going to play that because I think we're going to see that all over again in 2024, which is three days away. So anyway, that that got screwed up, however. Uh, so, welcome all. Panic attack. It's Big John. What is this on my shoulder? It's a piece of fuzz. Um, and I was going to play that for you while I lit my stogie, but oh well. Do all the like, share, comment, subscribe stuff. Follow me on Getter, Twitter, Truth Social, at the real underscore Big John. And give me a little 2023 year in review recap. If you're watching on Rumble, there'll be two videos, uh, one for pop culture, not really pop culture, politics, and then one for wrestling. And if you're on the podcast on Spotify, there will be one long ass recording of uh, politics and wrestling. So... What were the big stories, the big things of 2023? You can talk about a lot of things, um, but the, the three biggest things. First, let's look, look at movies. This year, the movies were terrible. Um, so many films failed miserably. Because of wokeism. Um, now I, I was hoping to get a couple DVDs or whatever for Christmas, um, but I didn't. So I streamed them on YouTube, paid a little less, and truthfully found out that as good as they were, they're not movies I'm going to watch over and over again, like I would Star Wars or a Christmas movie or something like that. But by far and away, far, far light years ahead of everything else that was at the box office this year. Uh, Oppenheimer and Sound of Freedom were the two best movies out there. Um, and, and I think the highest grossing movie was Barbie, which everyone expected to be a woke piece of crap. I have not watched it. I don't know if I will watch Barbie. Though I'm interested to, to watch it. Uh, with all the, the hoopla of it being the number one movie. Highest grossing of the year. And not being woke. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with. A silly. Just stupid funny movie. Um, but let me tell you. I, I watched Oppenheimer. I'm glad I, I watched it on streaming. Uh, uh, it was like 
I think I had to rent it for like six or seven dollars for 48 hours on YouTube. Um, and that's all. I was going to watch again tonight, but I had two hours left on my rental and they wouldn't let me watch it because it's a three hour movie. It's kind of a jip. They could give you, they could give the last hour away. Come on. But anyway, so Oppenheimer, one of the best movies I've seen, but it's good to watch at home. Um, there aren't a lot of special effects and things that you would need to go to a theater to see. And most people with their 70, 80, 90 inch plasma screens, uh, you're getting just as good of an experience at home as you would at a theater anyway. But it was a movie that, of course, you know, I had to pause about every, at least once an hour and run to the bathroom. So if I was at a theater, I would have missed, you know, 30 minutes of the movie making trips to the bathroom. Um, but it was a great movie. Good, couple good nude scenes in it too. Uh, props to that gal. Uh, at one point, <laughs> A communist was trying to get Robert Oppenheimer to join the Communist Party uh, through sexual relations. Uh, it wasn't anything graphic or porn. It's just R-rated. Props, kudos to this girl. The Lord, Lord knows what He's doing when He's given God, given women to men. He He gave us something special in you ladies, and y'all don't even know it. Uh, Hell, I might have joined the Communist Party for this girl. Uh, but anyways, no, seriously, it was a great movie. Um, I won't spoil it. But it's essentially uh, the conspiracy to uh, destroy Oppenheimer's life and take his security clearance from him. But it goes through his early years uh, as a researcher and a theorist and then putting that theory to work and then being the man who oversaw the atomic bomb project sound of freedom i just watched a couple hours ago it was a two-hour movie and i think you need to watch it there are a lot of facts in this movie it's based off of actual events and there are times in the movie, parts of the movie, where they're showing uh, grainy black and white security camera footage of children being uh, kidnapped. And then they eventually end up in the uh, child sex trade, sex slavery. Uh, and this movie, for some reason, created a lot of controversy because it exposed and told the truth about how many child pornography images have been uploaded to the internet. Um, and how many people there right now, if you count sex slavery, sex trafficking and children in the sex uh, slave business. There are more slaves in the world right now than there were when slavery was legal. Um, 
and you can research that, but it was controversial for pointing out those facts, which tells me there really is that deep underbody, uh, underbelly, excuse me, in Hollywood that is into uh, pornography, children, uh, the occult, and things of that nature. And pardon me if I get the sniffles in this. So anyways, that was, uh, those are the two best movies of the year. And I think those two movies should clean up at the Oscars. But because they're not woke movies, they probably won't. In fact, when I was watching Oppenheimer, I said, if this movie doesn't just clean house, win many awards at the Oscars, it's an injustice. And it probably won't because it's not woke Hollywood garbage. It's just a, a truthful look at a man's life uh, who created the most devastating weapon in history. And if you watch all the way to the end, he and Einstein have a very philosophical conversation. And it is not what uh, you may think they say to each other. And it is not what the villain of the movie think that they say to each other. So, that being said, uh, the biggest news story, uh, biggest thing to happen in 2023, by light years, far and away, was the October 7th massacre in Israel. Um, Hamas terrorists supported by the uh by people in Gaza, by people in the West Bank, by Lebanon and by Iran uh invaded and murdered, raped and pillaged portions of Israel. Uh leading to the war we have right now in uh, Israel. I've been over that many times in many videos, but by, by far that's, that's got to be what 2023 is remembered for. I think, sadly, a, a side note to this, or maybe something as big, as much of a story, or as much of a relevant news topic to understand from this, is that in the wake of that, when Israel started bombing Hamas targets in Gaza, which is a part of Israel, but that's where the, the Palestinians live, where Hamas reigns. The world seems to me to have turned against Israel at least the woke liberal side of the world, the white liberal middle class of America, some of your woke leaders of other nations, um, of course, Palestinian people throughout the world 
are demonstrating and rioting uh, because Israel is bombarding Hamas and, of course, Palestinian people of Palestinian descent think that Israel should be Palestine. Now, I've said a dozen times in videos, and I'll say it again. Find me the Ottoman Empire on a map. Look at a pre-World War I map and see how much of Europe changed. Look at a post pre- and post-World War II map and see how the world changed. Look at a pre-1990 and post-1990 map of the world without any significant wars fought and see how the map of the world changed uh, before 1989 to 1991 when, with the fall of the Soviet Union. Okay? Um, and you'll see, you know, how the maps of the world change. Go back to, you know, before America was America, the Native Americans, indigenous people, whatever the hell I'm supposed to say now fought wars over land and if they had maps the maps back then would have changed based on wars between tribes i just got done watching a trio of videos about a place called skinwalker ranch and one of the myths behind the strange activities and ghosts and paranormal on Skinwalker Ranch all revolves around the Uten tribe or tribes I'm not sure pushing the Navajo out of the Uten Basin which is now Utah a part of Utah uh, and the Navajo putting a curse on this land so every people have fought wars for land going back thousands upon thousands of years, probably before written, documented history. And maps have changed. So the area that's now Israel is Israel, in my opinion. And Israel has every right to take out and destroy Hamas and make the world safer um, and do what they need to do because the savagery of October 7th is something that will live in infamy to steal a phrase from Franklin Roosevelt um, but the backlash against Israel is more than I've seen. And that too is going to be a part of 2023 history. The other big story is. This was the year that. 
the powers that be started going after Donald Trump to try and keep him off the ballot with multiple civil and criminal cases against him to try and weaken his support uh, and even to put him in jail so that he cannot be president. Uh, states are taking actions to throw him off the ballot. Uh, it started with Colorado, and today, before I started this, uh, in fact, if this weren't a year in review, it would probably be all about Colorado putting Trump back onto the ballot. Their Secretary of State pretty much said, uh, my bad, <laughs> uh, he's back on the ballot. What Secretaries of States in other places are taking him off of the ballot. And and our Supreme Court needs to act on this ridiculousness quickly. As I peeled one of the labels off my cigar. But this is the legal system being turned against the American people. And if they're going to do this to Donald Trump, they're going to do it to you and I also. Um, this is prosecution and persecution of political opponents by uh, government insiders, bureaucracy, deep state, um, people that just outright hate Donald Trump. And the, the funny part of it is the more they run his name down, the more his fame goes up, the more his support goes up. Every time they prosecuted him, every case that was filed against him, his polling numbers increased. And the best part is it was not just an increase among MAGA supporters. It wasn't just an increase among Republicans it was an increase across all demographics, races, sexual orientations, and genders. So, the more they persecute and prosecute Trump, the more support he gets. Because people see, if the government would do this to a rich, famous, orange man, uh, or a white man with bad hair whatever you want to call them, they will do it to us also. Um, finally, this is also the year of the boycotts. Look at how many boycotts there were this year in 2023. Uh, the Bud Light boycott when they went into a special TikTok arrangement with Dylan Mulvaney, who is a a man in woman face who is mocking real women uh, has not had any hormone therapy or surgery or anything to be more feminine. He's just a guy in drag. And he's now getting the 15, 50, 20, 69 minutes of fame he's always craved. But 
the boycotting of Bud Light, the boycotting of Target. For years, liberals, lefties have used the threats and have used boycotts effectively against people they disagree with. Now, finally, conservatives, Republicans, just normal Americans are saying, you know what, I'm not dealing with this shit. I want to go to Target to buy quality products. I do not want to walk into Target and go to the children's section and have my kid get LGBTQAI plus merchandise shoved in their face. I don't want to walk into Target and say, you have to be gay. We are all accepting of gay people. The fight is over. You won. When you got same-sex marriage approved by the Supreme Court, you won. And a lot of people are leaving the gay pride movement because they see they're being pushed out by the transgender part of the gay pride movement. And they also see that a pro-pedophile movement is inching its way into the pride movement. Okay, you can call it, what, what's the thing called now? Minor Attracted Persons Movement. It's pedophilia. It's the pedophilia movement. Minor Attracted Persons are pedophiles just waiting to act out on their attraction. But 2023 will go down as a year that conservatives, just regular Americans, the silent majority, said, you know what, we're done. If you are a company and you do something stupid, or you start pushing political agendas in our faces, we're not going to buy your product. It happened to Disney. How many of their movies flopped this year? Because... There was a clear agenda worked into the script. Bud Light flopped because they had an agenda. Uh, one of their people in their marketing department uh, left her post. I can't remember if she was fired or resigned or what. But she did it because uh, she was on... They're saying, oh, Bud Light wants to change its image. We're not the, the frat boy beer anymore. And the Anheuser-Busch family or the, whoever is the owner, the, the namesake of Budweiser, uh, said, wait a second. We're the CEOs of this company and this low-level person in the marketing department went and changed our gimmick from the king of beers the red white and blue patriotic american beer 
into the rainbow flag beer. Um, now, gay people are more than welcome to drink whatever beer they want. I don't care. Other companies donate and support gay causes. If you want to be gay, gay it up all you want. That's your life. That's your prerogative. And I would never, ever want to see any harm come to gay, trans, or whatever people. Frankly, if you find Blair White on YouTube or any social media, I'm a big supporter of her. She still has a penis, but I will refer to her as a she because she's gone many, many extra miles to be more feminine and more attractive than most biological women. Okay? So I don't care. Okay? We all have to answer to God and we all fall short of God's grace. I certainly do. And I'm going to have to answer some things when my life flashes before me. And as I stand before the throne, I'm going to have to answer for every word that came out of my mouth, every action I took, and so will the rest of us, the rest of you. I already said I do. So just include all of us. So that was this year, the October 7th massacre. Uh, and genocide of the Jewish people in Israel. Uh, Trump being persecuted and prosecuted as an enemy of the state for political purposes. Uh, the year of the boycotts by regular American folk and conservatives and Republicans. And your two best movies were non-woke. Well, three best movies of the year, Oppenheimer, Sound of Freedom, and Barbie, all non-woke movies did well at the box office. So that was my political and pop cultural 2023 year in review. Now, to wrestling. Let's talk some wrestling, boys. Okay, we're back on the podcaster side of things. Going to talk world wrestling entertainment. Uh, really, this is about the entire wrestling industry, but uh, it was a WWE dominant year. So, uh, the other big American wrestling company, uh, All Elite Wrestling, tried, but just didn't didn't do a lot this year i think they took some steps backwards uh and were not as effective in their presentation of their product their gimmicks their angles so uh sadly i have to have to say um 2023 was a backwards year for all elite wrestling WWE, I think, took a lot of leaps forward. So I'm going to talk about the top stories uh, of the year. And then talk about, uh, I guess you'd say I'm going to give some uh, awards out here. Or say who I think the best 
people, best wrestlers in different categories were. So, we'll get into all that momentarily once I get the video side up of this. And I'm typing in the description of that right now. So let's take a pause. So the biggest story of 2023 in wrestling. It really had, in my opinion, had to be the CM Punk All Elite Wrestling Saga. Um, it started with him hold on bad mouthing the executive vice presidents of the company and then an altercation in CM Punk's dressing room. First of all, I'm not a fan of all this, uh, hey, you're the star of the company, you get your own dressing room. I think everyone should in wrestling should dr dress in the same locker room. One for heels, one for baby faces, but Then CM Punk comes back into All Elite Wrestling. The guy moves the needle for the company. In uh, the middle of the year, they announced they would be starting a Saturday night wrestling show. And that CM Punk would be mainly on that show, along with the wrestlers he likes. And then the executive vice presidents and their friends would be on the Wednesday night and Friday night shows. Tony Khan really not in control of his company, in my opinion, right then and there. But they worked it out, and CM Punk moves the needle for, for wrestling. Uh, I'll talk throughout this podcast and video that he is a guy that this year moved the ratings for the companies he was with. So the saga continued, the probably biggest wrestling show in history for a one day, one night event uh, in London, Wembley Stadium. People thought they'd be lucky to get 10 or 20,000 fans. They sold, they say, 80,000 tickets to the show. And CM Punk was there. He must he arrived the day of the show, which I think is kind of stupid of him. You should get there a little early. But there was no one to meet him at the airport. He had to find his own way to the stadium. And then this uh, midget wrestler, I'm kidding, uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, who's gotten a big ego from being on television in wrestling. 
thanks to All Elite Wrestling and their and their non-traditional, or I guess you could say traditional wrestling format. But here's a guy that was an indie wrestler a few years ago, very undersized, uh, was nothing more than a gimmick, uh, an attraction, and then he got fame. And he and CM Punk get into some sort of altercation backstage, which leads to an altercation between CM Punk and Tony Khan, which leads to CM Punk leaving the company. And everybody and their mother said, no, we've seen the last of CM Punk in a, a major wrestling fed. He'll never get back into WWE. Not going to happen. Uh, he was backstage at WWE after all of these altercations and things in AEW. Uh, and Vince McMahon got word that CM Punk was backstage and gave word to Triple H and other people at WWE, get CM Punk out of there. <laughs> Guess who's back in WWE full time? If you're watching this video, you know, it's CM Punk. He gets ratings. Um... He evidently initiated a heart-to-heart -heart phone call with Paul Levesque, who is now essentially running the WWE day-to-day. -day. And they kissed and made up, and bada-bang, CM Punk is now getting ratings for WWE. So that's the biggest story of the year. Here's a guy that was out of wrestling for seven years, Fans chanted his name in multiple arenas at WWE events for seven years. He gets a second chance in All Elite Wrestling. He comes in, he puts the company over, puts over the way the company is run, says it's great. Then he starts having backstage problems with other wrestlers, executive vice presidents, the owner of the company eventually and then eventually because of altercations fights not probably not very good fights uh, I, I haven't heard any like oh this was a, a classic wrestling fight you know like uh, uh, Bill Watts used to take guys that couldn't get along and he'd go into a, a locker room or dressing room or a room in the back of the arena high school gym wherever they were at that night and say all right you guys throw hands until you get tired of hitting each other and get this over with it wasn't one of those kind of things but nonetheless he gets fired from one company uh for apparently scaring tony khan to with an inch of his life and then his supposed according to cm punk he, his arch enemy Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Paul Levesque. CM Punk picks up the phone, calls Paul Levesque, and has a heart-to-heart kiss-and-make-up session with him for about an hour. And then, with the knowledge of not very many people in the company, in comes CM Punk 
uh, at the end of one of the WWF's biggest pay-per-views, Survivor Series. To the shock and awe of the fans, we had no clue it was coming. Wow. So CM Punk, the biggest news story of the year. The next second biggest news story, no McMahons currently own World Wrestling Entertainment. World Wrestling Federation. It goes, WWF goes back to WWWF, the World Wide Wrestling Federation, and Vince McMahon's dad. And now none of the McMahons own WWF, WWE. The merger between the parent company of Ultimate Fighting, Endeavor. Uh, Endeavor buys WWE for a billion dollars and merges, merges it with Ultimate Fighting under a new label of TKO. And now there's a board for a board that's made up of half Ultimate Fighting people, half WWF people, and the owner of Endeavor is at the head of this. And the two companies are run totally separate. Dana White runs Ultimate Fighting. Vince McMahon has been great, maybe not so gracefully, but pushed out of WWF, WWE, pardon me, by Endeavor. And his son-in-law, Triple H, is now basically in charge of all creative decisions at the WWE. It was thought for years into the early 2000s that one of Vince's children would take over from him. It was always assumed it would be Shane uh, until a little bit after 2000 when Stephanie graduated college and started getting more involved backstage and then in front of the camera. But then she started pushing Shane aside. She was daddy's girl. She and Triple H were expected to inherit the company when dad died. Then we have wrestling story number three of the year. Vince McMahon. Well, no, pardon me. Let's, let's hold off on that. The number three story of the year is the resurgence of WWE without Vince McMahon. So last year, in 2022, when WWE and people on the board convinced Vince McMahon to resign because of all sorts of horrible sexual allegations, misconduct, abuse, rape, predatorial behavior against women started coming to light one after another and after another and the fact that he was taking company money 
and using it as hush money. Now, previously, company money was Vince's money, but when it became a publicly traded company in the early 2000s, there was a different set of rules now. And so Vince didn't report that he took millions of dollars and paid this woman to shut up about his sexual harassment, this woman to shut up about his sexual abuse, this woman to shut up about his affair, and then he passed her off to Johnny Ace, who's a scumbag. Uh, they didn't report that. And then Vince, I guess, was planning on repaying the company out of his pocket, which his pockets are deep. Now they're even deeper because he sold the company to uh, Endeavor for a billion dollars. And I think Endeavor just pressured him to sell off a bunch of his stocks. But that's actually the next story on my list. <laughs> After Vince resigned and Paul Levesque or Triple H took over the creative control and started bringing back in a lot of people that Vince uh, let get fired and took the WWE in a different creative direction, business surged. The WWE, the number three story is the WWE resurgence without Vince McMahon at the helm. Uh, peep, I'm scratching the side of my nose, sorry. Uh, people were just sick of Vince McMahon's cartoon wrestling. Wrestlers were quitting. Sasha Banks, the probably the second breast female wrestler as a, as a total package next to Charlotte Flair quit the company because of creative direction. Uh, Naomi, uh, Trinity Fatu quit the company with her because of the piss poor way Vince was handling women's wrestling. Tony Storm, who is a great wrestler, a great entertainer. Uh, probably a great human being quit the company because of Vince McMahon's terrible creative decisions and because Charlotte Flair was bullying people in the women's locker room. But then the WWE with Triple H took a huge shot in the arm. The paper well, premium live events were getting more views than everything in history. They were selling out arenas again. The TV shows were getting higher ratings. In fact, the ratings have almost doubled, I believe, since Vince McMahon walked away in June or July of 2022. And that continued through this year. This has been WWE's biggest year financially with buy rates, ticket sales, merchandise sales, everything, arena uh, ticket sales. And their tickets are expensive. Um, I like to sit up close. I can't afford it, you know. Um, honestly, and I haven't been to a WWE show in years just because personal things, but 
the resurgence of WWE without Vince McMahon there, the, the ratings, the excitement, the enthusiasm of the fans, the storylines, the gimmicks, the booking, everything. Triple H is by far Booker of the Year. In fact, I should have added that to my list of little awards I'm going to get into here in a few minutes. But still, best year in WWE history. Uh, the ratings aren't quite what they were with Stone Cold and The Rock. But they're getting close to those Attitude Era ratings again. So next, Vince McMahon returns to WWE after his sex scandals and his uh, leaving the company. Uh, this struck fear into the hearts of a lot of people. And you did see some changes to... I'm sorry, my nose itches. Because I've had a cold and I've been blowing it. So now the outside of my nose is sore. So I have to keep scratching video people. Um, Vince returns. After all of his hush money scandals. Sexual... Uh, sexual predatorism. Sexual predatorness. Being a sexual predator there, that's the proper English. Um, he said, I'm not going to agree to any new TV rights deals which are coming up this year. I'm not going to agree to any sale of the company unless I'm back in. And even though he was not on the board, he had enough special stocks that his vote was worth 80%. So if everyone else voted no, Vince, you're not allowed back in the company. Or if everyone voted yes, we're going to do this TV deal. And everyone voted yes, we're going to sell the company. That would only be 20% of the vote. And Vince's one no vote would be 80%. So he would always win 80 to 20, even if everyone else was against him. I mean, everybody, all the shareholders, all the people on the board, even his family that had also had special stocks that were weighted votes. His voting power was so weighted, he had 80% of the vote in his one vote. So they had to let him back in as chairman. He agreed somehow, some way to not meddle too much. In the day-to-day -day running. And then there were always the, the rumors that this is going to be the year the WWE gets sold. The WWE will be sold this year. And there were rumors that the uh, Saudi Arabia Entertainment Board or Ministry of Entertainment, whatever they call it. Wanted to buy WWE. That went away. And then. It was probably in the works. But seemingly out of nowhere. This sale to Endeavor. And then Endeavor's merger of WWE. And uh, UFC came along. But it could not have happened without Vince's approval. And he pushed his way back into the company by 
Vince McMahon being the tough son of a gun businessman he always was, the way he built this empire, said my way or the highway, the same way he destroyed the local regional territory system by just grabbing the best wrestlers from everybody, by paying company television companies to take other wrestling shows off the air and put his wrestling in their time slot and he is now an 80 or 78 year old billionaire um and he i don't think he's doing well now it it wasn't that long ago he looked like he was in great health he was bragging about his 1,000 pound squat ability uh, and all these other things on the Pat McAfee show. And he put some little rumors out there that, you know, yeah, eventually, you know, this is, I'm going to have to leave and somebody else is going to have to take over the company. And, uh, you know, that could be a relative or it could be somebody completely different. It's about what's best for business. And, that's when the rumors really got going. Well, is he going to hand the reins over to um, Nick Khan, who is running the business side of WWE? Uh, we all assumed it would be Steph that took over the company. She came in as chairwoman of the company when Vince resigned. Nope, not that. Uh, probably not her. <laughs> Uh, and then Vince sold what he bought for a million dollars in the early eighties for a billion dollars to Endeavor. Uh, and now Endeavor is kind of pushing him to sell off his stocks in WWE. Uh, they're no longer the special heavyweight stocks that control 80% of the vote. Endeavor wouldn't let that happen. They're just common stocks like you or I could buy. But Vince pushing his way back into the WWE by saying there won't be any TV deals unless I'm the chairman. What's WWE without TV? Goes out of business. You know, why sell the company? Well, if Vince can't be in control, nobody can. That's Vince McMahon, and that's the fourth biggest wrestling story of the year. Vince McMahon pushing his way back into his own company after all of his sexual predator activity and having to resign in shame. I hope he was ashamed of himself. And then pushing his way back in by holding the company and his own family members who hold stock in that company hostage. By the way, Stephanie and Shane are no longer in the company. By pushing his way back in, he pushed Shane and Stephanie out. They might still hold some stocks or something, but they're no longer part of the company. That's huge. All right. Next story. So, 
The last big news story of wrestling for the year, most one of the most controversial in my top five, was the firing of Mandy Rose from World Wrestling Entertainment. And Mandy Sacamone, or Mandy Sacks, as she likes to go by, she was let go over... Uh, a fan site that she was running. Um, I think it was fanslee.com. Now she's on OnlyFans. And she still does not do nudity. There was nothing pornographic about this. But the WWE's excuse was the pictures on this site go against our moral compass. Now we just spent... I don't know how many minutes talking about the C, the chairman, whatever, former owner, being a sexual predator. But really, WWE put in a policy that you cannot have a streaming service or any site where you get paid outside of WWE. Uh, they want all the money. They want all the marbles. But their excuse was, this goes against the moral compass of our sponsors. And there were some photos leaked. One of which is her bottom, her behind, uh, in a thong. And she's sitting on her boyfriend's uh crotch he has on some kind of boxer shorts he has good abs by the way i wish i had his abs but man eh, that her modeling agency her management agency said hey that's a little much take some of these pictures down and she did but once something's on the internet it's on the internet forever and so um Prince Albert A-Train, whatever his gimmick name was. He tells Shawn Michaels, hey, Mandy has this pay site and there's some risque photos on there. Okay, Shawn Michaels, who used to have sex with Sonny in janitor's closets and bathrooms uh, while her boyfriend was in the ring wrestling... Suddenly, you know, of course, Shawn Michaels, God bless him, got saved and is a Christian. But these two guys who have questionable moral pasts say that this goes against what our sponsors like Mattel would want to be a part of. It was really about the money. She was making more money there than she was in WWE. So she was told she was going to lose her NXT Women's Championship. And then the next day, with very little notice, she gets a phone call and she's fired. And then she went on to make even more money because her fans felt bad for her. So she made over seven figures 
from the time WWE screwed her over to the end of last year. And I guess that's actually a 2022 story, but... Mandy Sacamoni, uh, somebody I've come to respect and is a very respectable woman, a good person. I watch her Power Alphas podcast uh, with her soon-to-be husband. Uh, that was a big story, and it carried over into this year because she's killing it. And she's as famous now and richer now than she ever was in WWE. And she took every crap gimmick they gave her and made it work. In fact, a few weeks ago was the one-year anniversary of her getting fired. So it was a story that started at the end of 2022 and carried over into 2023. Um, and she was just online crying tears of joy at the response and support and love she got from us fans on the one year anniversary of WWE screwing her over. So that's what made me think this is a 2023 story. But the fact that this woman took a bad situation that the WWE handed to her and in a year turned it into a mega power alpha deal for herself and for her family. It says a lot. So congratulations, Mandy Sacamoni, Mandy Sachs, on getting fired a few weeks after your one-year anniversary of WWE screwing you over. So, all right, let's look at some awards or... Who is the best at their job in wrestling? And there are a lot of criteria you can go by when you talk about these things. So I've got a few people in each category to kind of discuss and then decide who I think is the best. So I automatically started with the best heel in wrestling. And I really had two names at the beginning Maxwell Jacob Freeman, MJF, and Dominic Mysterio. And then later on I said, oh, crap, I forgot Logan Paul. <laughs> um, honorable mention to Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa for their role in the Bloodline storyline and their roles in keeping the belt on Roman Reigns in heel fashion. But, okay, so fans tune in to see MJF. Even though he's a heel. You want to see him get his butt kicked. Uh, you want to see him lose. You want to see him lose badly. <laughs> and by badly, I mean you want to see whoever his opponent is clobber the stuffings out of him. You want to see MJF get hurt. <laughs> Legitimately. And the fans rain booze on him. 
However, however, the most booed wrestler in wrestling is by far Dominic Mysterio. They start booing him and chanting things I won't repeat. <laughs> Although I've said swear words on this before, but whatever. Uh, the fans hate Dominic Mysterio. Uh, so he's the most booed wrestler. So does that make him the best heel wrestler? Uh, and then the next, or maybe tied with Dominic for the most boos, uh, the most heel heat, the best fan reaction, uh, heel reaction is... Logan Paul. The fans hate him because he's a snotty rich boy and doesn't mind shoving it into your face. In his first wrestling match, he came to the ring with a necklace and a Pokemon card attached to it that he bought for millions of dollars for no other reason than the fact that he could spend millions of dollars on a Pokemon card. So, do we judge the best heel by who gets booed the most? Or by who works and wrestles the best as a heel? MJF is the best heel worker in my opinion. He gets the booze. He knows how to work the crowd. He never breaks character anywhere. He's a heel everywhere he goes. Um, he was involved in a controversial photo where a little kid is getting his autograph and he's flipping the kid off. He did the angles with Cody Rhodes and uh, Wardlow, where if you want to wrestle me, you have to take your shirt off and let me whip you with my belt ten times. Uh, and that all got massive heel heat for him. He wrestles dirty. He uses the... AEW something ring as a weapon, as a foreign object, as brass knuckles to cheat and knock his opponents out. So to me, he's the best heel in wrestling because he wrestles like a heel. Now so does Dominic Mysterio, but he's not a master of it. He's not a master of the microphone that MJF is. Logan Paul just has natural heel heat because people assume he's a bad person. Now, <laughs> let me contradict myself. Best babyface in wrestling. The three people that I thought of, Cody Rhodes, MJF, <laughs> and Jay Uso. MJF is still wrestling, talking, and acting like a heel, but the fans have gotten behind him. 
kind of like when The Rock was the bad guy that insulted the fans. Eventually, he became the guy the fans loved to hate. Interesting, huh? MJF has done the same thing. Cody Rhodes got fired by WWE. Oh, quit WWE or something. Reinvented himself on the indies. Became a big star, founder of All Elite Wrestling. And then when his career started getting mediocre there, and he was getting booed simply for being Cody Rhodes, he left when his contract was up, came to WWE, and is as over with the fans as any baby face I've ever seen. He's as over with the fans as his dad was in the uh, 70s and 80s. They cheer him from the minute he comes out until the minute he leaves. Now, lastly, Jay Uso. After his break with the bloodline and Roman Reigns, He has gotten over with the fans as a babyface and is beloved. Now, this is a credit to him and his ability to work, his ability to change from heel to face, and Triple H's ability to book him to become a babyface and a main event wrestler. But for my money, it's Cody Rhodes. I see Dusty in Cody. I see that Cody may be able to keep this level of babyface heat for the next 10 years. Just like Dusty did from the 70s through the 80s in Florida and in Georgia. Okay, so for me, the best heel of the year is Cody Rhodes. Or best baby face of the year is Cody Rhodes. The best heel was MJF. Best heel in the women's wrestling. Now we're going to go a little bit outside of WWE with this one. Um, but two of the main ones I feel are Bailey, Rhea Ripley, and then Camille. Camille Brickhouse uh, in the National Wrestling Alliance. You might have to Google her. But these three women draw heat. They wrestle like heels. They get the fans to hate them. Although Camille does have a lot of fans that like her. But Bailey came back. started a heel faction brought other wrestlers up with her she's great at getting people to hate her on the microphone she's great at wrestling like a heel she's good at getting heat in the ring for uh, cheating to help her friends and damage control um, partners Rhea Ripley come on 
Last time she was on TV, she kicked over a Christmas tree. How much more heel do you get than that? But she cheats to help her men win. Uh, she's kind of the leader of the Judgment Day faction. She turned Dominic Mysterio against his father. And she just knows how to wrestle and carry herself as a heel. She's one of the top three or five women wrestlers out there today. Now, it's hard to judge, but I would say Rhea Ripley has had a better year than Bailey and Camille. So I would say the best female heel is Rhea Ripley. Best female baby face. Let me mark some of these before I forget who I chose. <laughs> um, best female baby face. Becky Lynch. Still the most over, one of the most over people in WWE. She gets cheers and love from the fans regardless. All she has to do is walk out to the ring and they're cheering her. Bianca Belair, same thing. Great human being inside and outside the ring. Uh, my other choice is uh, Jamie Hayter, who's on the injury shelf in AEW right now, but really started having a great baby face year once she broke with her uh, heel faction uh, with Britt Baker. And Jamie Hayter is a homegrown AEW talent. And she's a homegrown babyface talent. Um, Bianca Belair, probably one of the probably the best female athlete in wrestling right now. She has agility, high flying abilities to an extent, and strength. <coughs> but when it comes to the babyface pop. The baby face work. Becky Lynch takes the trophy there. Overall best wrestler this year. This is a tough one. I'll tell you right now, it's not Roman Reigns. And I think a lot of people would give Roman Reigns the wrestler of the year, at least in the WWE, because he's carried that championship belt for so long. And he's headlined every premium live event. But he's not the best wrestler. His matches are boring. He's boring, but he's over as a heel um, because of Paul Heyman, because of the booking of the bloodline angle uh, and, and things like that. But... Adam Edge Copeland, his return to wrestling at his age and his work is as good as it ever was. MJF left AEW for a brief while because of money. He got himself over and he was one of the biggest parts of the company. He is the biggest part of the company now. Uh, Cody Rhodes... Rest, this is my best male wrestler of the year category. 
left AEW because the fans just in AEW just weren't liking him anymore. He wasn't going where he wanted to go in AEW. So he came to WWE and he's the biggest baby face in the company probably. Gunther or Walter as I prefer to call him. Uh, broke the Intercontinental Championship reign. The record that was held by Honky Tonk Man for too long. Honky Tonk Man, one of the worst wrestlers ever. Uh, but Gunther... Old school wrestler, great worker, much better athlete than he gets credit for. Uh, Seth Rollins. I didn't always like what they were doing with Seth Rollins, but now that Triple H has the book, Seth Rollins is one of the most popular people. One of the best workers. Takes every gimmick that they give him and runs with it and gets it over. Uh, Ilyana, Ilyan Dragunov in NXT, this crazy psycho Russian maestro gimmick, but one of the toughest old school wrestlers out there. And then, of course, CM Punk. Is he the best wrestler of the year? His matches are still good. He still works the mic better than most people. Probably better than anybody. Um, and he moves the ratings. He gets people to tune in to see what he's going to do. He gets people to tune in to see his matches. Honorable mentions have to go to Brian Danielson, who is still the best in-ring wrestler there is but lacks the microphone skills although he can get it done on the mic just good enough um, also honorable mention Braun Breaker I think he's going to be a huge star in the wrestling business just isn't quite his time there's not a spot on the main roster for him so they don't want to waste him I, I have to say, in spite of, man, it's really, for me, between CM Punk and Cody Rhodes for the wrestler of the year. And since Cody's had less outside-the-ring controversies and pain in the asses, I'd say he's the best wrestler of the year, 2023. Yeah, he lost at WrestleMania, but his story continues. The fans are interested in what he's doing and where he's going next. What his next move is going to be in wrestling. How will he get back to the main event at the next WrestleMania? So, microphone skills, great. Wrestling ability, great. Um, over with the fans. You got to say Cody Rhodes was the best wrestler of 2023. The best women's wrestler 2023. Now I can go a little off the uh, the path here. We can get some AEW women in here. Um, I want to say Tessa Blanchard is. She wasn't my first thought on this category. 
but I wrote her down first. She's made a comeback in wrestling this year after a bad falling out with Impact Wrestling and a lot of problems in her personal life. Uh, she went to college. I thought she was maybe going to retire from wrestling. But she started working the indies. She's got Tully back in her life more. I think she found God this year. Um, and she's improving herself as a person. And recently has had a great run. I mean, recently as in the last few days. Great run in Mexico. Had a great trip to Europe and went over big there. And so Tessa Blanchard's one of my candidates for best woman wrestler of the year. Jordan Grace. This woman's been a powerhouse wrestler for quite a while and very athletic. Uh, she recently lost a lot of weight and got into bodybuilding competitions. Um, I think she actually might have won a bodybuilding show. And she just seems like a good person. She's a great wrestler. I don't know about her microphone skills, but she's still a great wrestler. Rhea Ripley, of course, how can you not have her as a candidate for best woman wrestler of the year? Becky Lynch, duh, that's an obvious one. Tiffany Stratton, a girl that I didn't think would impress me in wrestling, but she has. She's strong. She's stronger than she looks. She's more athletic than she looks. She's not just a pretty face. She is a great talent in the ring and on the microphone. Charlotte Flair, the best overall woman wrestler uh, right now. Good athlete. Good on the microphone. Has all the intangibles of a great wrestler. One of the best wrestlers, period. In fact, maybe she could be the best overall wrestler. Um, Soraya, formerly known as Paige, made a great comeback from the neck surgery, the neck injuries. Um, good human being, great work on the microphone. Of course, AEW doesn't use her well, so she's probably not going to be my pick, but Soraya definitely deserves to be a candidate for best female wrestler of the year. Tony Storm. Someone else who got got hosed by WWE and just quit. She was working a house show on tour, walked out of the arena, got her own ride home, her own plane ticket home, said, I quit. She is a great wrestler. She's now got this timeless Tony Storm gimmick. That she's doing where she thinks she's a black and white movie star <laughs> so she can be a goofy wrestler but she's a badass in the ring uh, Julia Hart 
somebody that started out as a cheerleader and is now the TBS Women's Champion in All Elite Wrestling and is a very good wrestler in the ring. I think she's only 22 and she's only getting better. Uh, and then Raquel Rodriguez. I liked her better when she was Raquel Gonzalez, but Vince McMahon had to change everybody's name when they got to the main roster. But Raquel, good wrestler. Yeah, decent on the microphone. But overall, she's a big, strong woman. She's got a big future in this business. Uh, she's another one who lost a lot of weight. She slimmed down to get uh, in the WWE because looks are what matters in WWE. And kudos to her. She has not gotten any uh, plastic surgery to accommodate the WWE. For those of you that don't know, there was literally a person in WWE's job to tell the women wrestlers, you need to get breast enhancement surgery. Not the case anymore. Anyhow, enough about Raquel's bosoms or lack thereof. Uh, nice V tapered back though. Strong woman. Uh, good worker. Uh, I think she should have had a better run and better feud with Rhea Ripley for that Women's World Championship, but it is what it is. Um, she just went down with a major knee injury, but I, I can't put anybody other than Charlotte Flair as the best woman wrestler of the year. She can do the high-flying stuff. She can do the mat wrestling. She can do the chain wrestling. Her microphone skills are as good as her dad's. Uh, she's just got everything. She She's another one. She recently uh, toned down some of the muscle and got into better shape. Not that she was in bad shape, but she stayed toned, but toned down her muscle, changed her workout. To be a little less muscular but still ripped so charlotte flair 2023 woman wrestler of the year so back in the podcast side of things um comeback wrestlers of the year you got trish stratus uh Big Bill, formerly known as Big Cass in WWE. Uh, Big Bill is a pretty boring name, Tony Khan, but whatever. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa, who came back from a major neck surgery. And Tessa Blanchard, who is rehabbing her career. Uh, Trish Stratus came back in to help Lita. Lita wanted to make a comeback this year. And, unfortunately, Lita just doesn't have it anymore. Uh, she was very slow in the ring. Just didn't look as athletic as she could have been uh, for her comeback. Trish was supposed to be just enhancement talent there to help her best friend, Lita. Real life best friends but ended up being the one who got over. 
When Trish got in the ring, it looked like she never stopped wrestling. She had all the in-ring skills that she did when she left, and she might even be a better wrestler right now than she was when she initially retired. Big Cass, uh, Big Bill, uh, is a guy who rehabilitated his life. He got involved with Diamond Dallas Page. He stopped drinking, which is why he got fired from WWE. Uh, the guy had Carmella as a girlfriend, a fiance, I think. How do you let that get away? But anyways, I digress. But Big Bill, what he's done in his personal life to get back into AEW, even though AEW's booking is crap, he's done a lot to rehabilitate himself, and I have to give him props and make him a candidate for comeback wrestler of the year come back as a human being in life Tommaso Ciampa had pretty much the neck injury that Paige had from what I understand and he rehabbed himself he probably went to physical therapists and doctors and things too but he had neck fusion surgery. People didn't think he would wrestle again. But he built the muscles around his neck up to a point that his neck could be stable and safe. So kudos to him. He's a candidate for Comeback Wrestler of the Year. Tessa Blanchard, another person that's rehabilitating her personal life. Uh, it's been said she has attitude problems personality clashes with other wrestlers she was I believe at the beginning of the year the main trainer for women of wrestling and she started cutting promos on the other women wrestlers that didn't get over they couldn't take her criticisms, her personality, her critique of their microphone and wrestling skills, uh, and then was out of WOW, also known as Women of Wrestling. I think you could get a better name for your wrestling company people, but whatever. But she went to college, she got a divorce maybe found God and is rehabilitating herself. I know some indie wrestlers that have worked with her and said what a nice person she is uh, and what a good person she is backstage. So the fact that she's grown up a little, she's trying to rehabilitate her image and herself as a human makes her a candidate for comeback wrestler of the year. However, You can't can't deny Trish Stratus the comeback wrestler of the year for the fact that she was not the person that was supposed to be making the comeback, but she was so good and got so over with the fans 
and then had a great series of matches with Becky Lynch. She went from babyface to heel uh, in a matter of months, and she's wrestling so like she's never missed a beat, like she never retired. I don't know if she has a gym and a wrestling ring at her house or something she's not telling us about, but Trish Stratus definitely had the best comeback of the year. So, you got to have a best manager of the year. I grew up in a in an era of wrestling when there were a lot of managers, good guys and bad guys. Now there's basically only one. <laughs> there's pretty much only one manager in wrestling. And Paul Heyman is still one of the best on the microphone. Probably might be the best person on the mic in wrestling. <clears throat> He can do it all. He revived Roman Reigns' career when WWE was shoving Roman Reigns down our throats as a babyface. He turned Roman Reigns' heel and helped Roman Reigns get better on the microphone. And he's, he's the only manager in wrestling that anybody knows. Can you name another one? But he's still the best. He is the best. Now, when he started out, no, he wasn't the best. But he was with, you know, there were other managers at the time, like Gary Hart, uh, like Jim Cornette, and people like that. But he's become the best manager in wrestling. In fact... Right now, I'd put him in the top three managers in wrestling history. Bobby the Brain, always number one in my heart. Jim Cornette, second best wrestling manager. Paul Heyman, number three. And probably Paul Elring, number four. So if there was a Mount Rushmore of wrestling managers, Heenan, Cornette, Heyman, Elring. Uh... There's a category here of what happened to people that we thought were going to be like humongous stars in 2023, and then they just went into obscurity. Uh, about halfway through this year, we thought Cameron Grimes was going to be a huge deal. In fact, I thought he would be NXT champion right now, but they moved him to the main roster and the guy's a great wrestler. He's great at interviews. But now he's just floundering on the main roster. Uh, Britt Baker, where is she? Uh, she was Ms. AEW. She bled. She took thumbtacks. Uh, but then she became the num one of the number one people with Aubrey Edwards the worst referee in history. Uh, she became one of the biggest people on AEW botches. If you go to YouTube, there's actually a uh, page or whatever, or not page, uh, and it's not YouTube. 
uh, if you go to X or Twitter, and I think they're on Instagram too, but put in AEW botches, and Britt Baker is one of the main people you'll see. Uh, I think she tries to plan the matches out too much backstage. Uh, and then when they get to the ring and things don't go the way she thought, her and her opponents get lost in the ring. But where's Britt Baker, DMD, one of the biggest stars from the time AEW started? Jay White in AEW. He's still featured a lot on TV, but they brought him in as, quote, the best wrestler in the world. There was supposedly a bidding war between WWE and AEW, and AEW won out because Jay White had a lot of friends there. But then they had him in a, I thought, a good program with MJF, but it just faded out. Now he's doing jobs to, to is it Brian Danielson? Shouldn't he be in the finals of this Continental Classic thing that AEW is doing? Instead, they put over, or, or no, they put over uh, Plumber Moxley. That's who went over Jay White. You bring in the supposed best wrestler in the world, and you have him jobbing to Plumber Moxley? John Moxley's a nice person. I've heard great things, but he's not a wrestler. He doesn't look like a wrestler. He can't wrestle. What the fuck? Miro, uh, formerly Rusev in WWE, was brought up into AEW, was going to be a big, big deal in AEW. Guy can wrestle great. Guy can talk on the microphone. He's doing great interviews and great uh, promos about his wife, C.J. Perry, now joining him in AEW. But he just floundered for most of the year. Was just disappeared for a while. Uh, and basically, you can see that for 80% of the AEW roster. <laughs> when I was making these categories, I scrolled through the AEW roster, and I'm like, there are so many people... Where in the blue hell are all these people? <laughs> you know, you could say Jay Lethal. One of the best wrestlers ever. I've been watching Jay Lethal for almost 20 years. Seems like. Maybe 15. I don't know how long he's been wrestling. but He's just floundering. In... So 80% of the AEW roster, where are they? We're watching the same people and the same angles and the same gimmicks. Over and over again, with the exception of Britt Baker, who's disappeared. Um, Grayson Waller should have stayed in aid in NXT a lot longer. Uh, now he's disappeared into the fray of the main roster of WWE, a lot like Cameron Grimes. Almost, almost, he's almost eight feet tall. But he's disappeared since Vince McMahon disappeared. And shouldn't say that. He did have a lot of matches uh, when Triple H took over the book. But still, 
he's just kind of, he's not even on TV hardly anymore. I don't remember when the last time I saw him was. Um, and then Austin Theory. He's still featured on TV a lot, as is Grayson Waller. But Vince McMahon tried to strap a rocket to this guy's back and make him the new John Cena. And that got the fans to hate him. Triple H rehabbed his career. But now Austin Theory is kind of just floundering in obscurity, doing matches here and there, but nothing great. So there's no real winner or loser. Those are just names of people that were really supposed to have great breakout 2023s and then just faded into nowhere. It's funny that I can say that about 80% of the AEW roster. Um, the wrestler that still has it, and I think he might be over 50, or if not, he's dang close to it, and he's a heck of a nice guy, I've met him, uh, Dustin Rhodes, or Dustin Runnels, great, great wrestler, he's put on some great matches, if you get to see a Dustin Runnels match, or Dustin Rhodes match, watch it, he's still moving in that ring as good as he did in the early 90s when he was gold dust. If anything, he's gotten better because he knows more about the psychology now, even more than he did when he was coming up. In fact, I think I've been watching him since at least 1990 or 89, 88 maybe, when... He was the natural Dustin Rhodes coming up under his dad's wing in uh, NWA, WCW. But he's even better now. Still has it. And you could put um, Edge, Adam Copeland, in the category of still has it. Still has the ability to put on great wrestling matches, great microphone, great interview, great video packages, great promos. Dustin Rhodes still has it. People that just need to retire. People that need to retire in 2023. Nia Jax, my number one. I'm just not going to get into it. She can't wrestle. She can't wrestle. She can't move in the ring. She can't. Simple whip into the ropes. Her whole gimmick is, I'm too big for my opponents to lift so when they try to pick me up I flop on them that's not a wrestler sorry she needs to retire they fired her earlier this year and brought her back for some strange reason she just needs to retire uh, somebody I'm sick of seeing also needs to retire Natalia Neinhart uh, what the early part of the 2000s I don't know when she really got into it. 2005, 6, 8, 10. Uh, was one of my favorite women wrestlers. Just, I'm tired of her. She still has good matches. But she doesn't have the personality. She's never had the microphone skills. And I'm just tired of her taking the spotlight from better wrestlers. There's a lot of wrestlers that could fill her spot. A lot of women 
to deserve that spotlight better more than she does. Um, people to watch in 2024. Matt Cardona. Another guy that was let go by WWE. Had this dumb, dumb, dumb to dumb, dumb gimmick for years. Zack Ryder. Woo woo. The internet champion. I think he was a self-proclaimed internet champion. And then they, they made a thing of it. Rehabbed himself. He's now Mr. Independent Wrestling. He's a great wrestler. He, WWE did not use him well. But if he comes back to WWE under Triple H, he will be used better and will have better matches. And I hope he comes back in as Matt Cardona, not Zack Ryder. Uh, someone else to watch. A little bit of a newbie. She was a manager. Now she's a full-time wrestler. And she's winning belts everywhere she goes. Danny Moe or Danielle Morrison. There's a Danielle Morris. Anyways, Danny Moe. Uh, whenever WWE is in Pittsburgh, they put her on TV somewhere. Uh, she had a six-woman tag match where she tapped out, but she made sure she was in that ring on TV. <laughs> Smart thinking, Danny Moe. She's one to watch in 2024. I think the WWE has their eye on her. And I think if she keeps improving, she's going to get a developmental deal pretty soon. Uh, Tama Tonga, a guy that I keep hearing about left, right, and center uh, on the indie scene in wrestling. He's another one of the Samoans. He's going to be a great wrestler. He's got the package, the look, the ability, everything. Tama Tonga, one to watch in 2024. Will Ospreay, I throw him in there. He just signed with AEW. I don't know when he's going to make his debut. I haven't been watching AEW a lot lately. Sorry, Tony Khan. But he's supposed to be the best wrestler in the world. Now, a few months ago when they signed Jay White, he was the best wrestler in the world. A couple months later, they signed Will Ospreay, and he's now the best wrestler in the world. According to the world of wrestling, people like Dave Meltzer and them. Where will he go? How will he be used? Uh, another one, a female, Stevie Turner, who made big waves in stardom in Japan. The all-women's great wrestling federation over there. Uh, NXT Europe and she has a, a strange like emo disc jockey gimmick but they say she's one to watch uh, Mariah May who made her TV debut with AEW in a very lackluster interview segment which was weird I, Renee Paquette is a great interviewer this Mariah May is supposed to be good on the microphone. And she said like one sentence. I'm too good to debut in 2023. So I'm going to save myself and wrestle my first match in 2024. And that was it. So how will AEW use her? But she could be one to watch in 2024. 
Uh, that women's division needs help, but Tony Khan needs to put them on TV more, use the women more. Uh, Kiana James in NXT. She has the look. God, does she have the look. Um, and she has the, the wrestling skills and the microphone skills. And she's going to be a big, big deal uh, in women's wrestling here in the future. As some of these other women, you know, Becky Lynch is having children. She has one. She's probably going to have another. Charlotte Flair just had a, a terrible knee injury. So we're going to need some younger female wrestlers stepping up in WWE. And uh, Kiana James is going to be one of them here in a year or two. Uh, 2024, what's going to happen? Some predictions, some thoughts. Will Cody Rhodes win the world championship? I hope so. How does he get there? We're getting real close to WrestleMania. So they've got to figure out how they're going to put him in a world title feud again with uh, Roman Reigns. Will CM Punk win a world championship in 2024? The fans want him to. Um, fans want CM Punk to be world champion from tomorrow. Because he's not world champion yet. But he could win it tomorrow night on SmackDown. It's possible. Uh, so they want him to... There are fans out there that want CM Punk to be the world champion from tomorrow through the day he retires. And from what I understand, his WWE contract will last him through the end of his ring career uh, and then a backstage career. That could be interesting, but what does CM Punk do in 2024? Um, comebacks at the Royal Rumble for 2024. Um, could we see Sasha Banks return? Will she be Sasha Banks or Mercedes Monet? Probably Sasha Banks. Will, will Alexa Bliss return at the Royal Rumble? And will she be used well? Great wrestler. Great in-ring worker. Outstanding microphone. Another one that took every gimmick they gave her and made it huge. Uh, another one, AJ Lee. Now that CM Punk is back in WWE, will AJ Lee follow him? Uh, she's a great wrestler. Very good on the microphone. Uh, I would like to see her back, but then again... A lot of younger women that deserve that spot too. But will AJ Lee, Alexa Bliss, and Sasha Banks return at Royal Rumble? Uh, Matt Cardona to WWE. Will that happen? His wife Chelsea Green is there. That gives him incentive to be there. Uh, and he should return as Matt Cardona, not Zack Ryder. Uh, Brock Lesnar, what's he going to do in 2024? He's on a limited basis. I think he, he he works so many matches per year. But who's he going to work with in 2024? 
you know, it would be, this would be a nice test if you bring Braun Breaker up to the main roster and give him a multiple month feud with Brock Lesnar and have it end with finally he overcomes Brock Lesnar. That could be interesting. But what does Brock Lesnar do in 2024? Today I started seeing inklings and rumblings of a potential Stone Cold Steve Austin comeback. Can he do one more match? Well, if it's a street fight, cinematic kind of match like he had with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens also one of the best wrestlers out there. Uh, yeah, it's possible Stone Cold could have some kind of match. Now, there's a rumor that he could have some kind of fight with CM Punk. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think a few years ago, Austin said Punk couldn't have survived in the Attitude Era with the big dogs like The Rock and himself. And then there's another one, The Rock. Now they're starting the rumor that The Rock will come out number 30 at Royal Rumble and he will wrestle Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Rock's got a lot of irons in the fire. He's got his own bodybuilding thing. He's got his own professional football league and he's a big deal in Hollywood. But what will Brock Lesnar, Rock, and Stone Cold do in 2024? Odds are we're going to see a lot more of Brock Lesnar than we will of Stone Cold and The Rock. Uh, Liv Morgan, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose. Will they return? Well, we know Liv and Sonya will. Will Mandy return in 2024? She seems to be doing a lot better just being Mandy Sachs and doing her own. Now she's on OnlyFans, by the way. Go sign up. Um and doing her own businesses, and getting married, and I, I think she'll probably have a baby not long after she's married, um, but will she return to WWE instead? Uh, what will Liv Morgan do when she comes back from her injury? Uh, she recently had some kind of marijuana charge in Florida. I think it's kind of a stupid thing, but they said she was swerving and crossing the center line, but that might have been from, like, texting and driving or something. Anyhow, uh, she's not in any trouble with WWE over that. What will Sonya Deville do when she comes back? She was one half of the... <laughs> one half of the joke women's tag team champions with uh, Chelsea Green before she got injured and had to have knee surgery. Uh, but what will happen... Here's a question. Will, will WWE ever take those women's tag team titles seriously? Because um, Chelsea Green and Piper Nevin only defended them one time. And when they did, the belts changed hands <laughs> to... Um, Two women I can see in my head and I can't think of their names. So it doesn't matter. 
WWE doesn't use those belts. So there's a question for 2024. Will the women's tag team belts be taken seriously? But what will happen with Sonya Deville and Liv Morgan when they do come back? Goldberg today, I saw he says he's entitled to one more match. His WWE contract is up, so who's he entitled to a match with? Nobody in AEW takes him seriously. I wouldn't mind seeing Smoke Joe beat the crap out of him, to be honest with you. Or Wardlow. Or um, Brian Cage. But Goldberg, will he wrestle in 2024 at a major company? It's going to be WWE. He's not going to go to AEW or some indie fed. Uh, Sean X-Pac Waltman. I heard his name come up today. What's he going to do in 2024? Where will he be? Uh, he's still in great shape and can still work. Um, I think Triple H owes him one, you know. Uh, but we'll see where that goes. So if I was going to do a Mount Rushmore of 2023, the four best men and the four best women of 2023 this is only 2023 the four best wrestlers for the mount rushmore of 2023 would be for the men mjf because of how he's gone from heel to i quit the company to i do a pipe bomb promo to i'm back in the company i'm still a heel now i'm a baby face but i want to be a heel the guy's got nothing but upside. Best One of the best wrestlers of 2023. CM Punk. In spite of the fact that I was a Punk fan from the first time I saw him wrestle in Ring of Honor in Pittsburgh until this year. With all his attitude and backstage problems, CM Punk moved the ratings in AEW and WWE. So you have to put him in there. Roman Reigns is surpassing legends in WWE, WWF, and WWWF with his world title reign over a thousand days. So you have to put him on the Mount Rushmore of 2023. And then, of course, I have to put Cody Rhodes on there. For the year he's having, he came back. He was not over anymore in AEW, but from the time he left WWE the first time, he rehabbed himself on the indies, got in and founded AEW, came over to WWE, was hugely popular with the fans, was over. Great microphone, great in-ring, great storylines. He's going to be as popular as his dad was from now until he retires from WWE. So Cody Rhodes on the 2023 Mount Rushmore of wrestling. So 2023, the Mount Rushmore of wrestling for this year only. MJF, CM Punk, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes. Now, if we were talking all time, uh, 
boom, 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 right off the top of my head. Mount Rushmore of Wrestling, Bruno San Martino, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, and then the fourth one, that's a toughie. But for 2023, it's MJF, CM Punk, and Roman Reigns, and Cody Rhodes. For the women, Mount Rushmore of 2023, Charlotte Flair, best all-around woman wrestler, uh, maybe one of the best all-around wrestlers, period. Becky Lynch, she walks into the building and gets a pop. You don't know why she's walking into the building, don't know who she's going to feud with. She comes out through the entrance, pop. Mickey James had a great 2023. She had that whole either I win or I retire series. Uh, it started with her coming out with her uh, Native American tribe and doing a Native American entrance. Uh, a, I think it was a warrior type entrance for her women's world title match in Impact. She wins or she retires. And every match after that was either I win or I retire. So she won the women's world title, carried it, got injured, and now she just had a great year. She's so good, so good at wrestling in her 40s. Great wrestler and great person. Lastly, on the 2023 women's Mount Rushmore, Trish Stratus. Started out the year, she was just going to be a sidekick to Lita as Lita made her comeback. But Trish was so much better in the ring, so much more over. It ends with you know a Trish heel turn, a Trish feud with Becky Lynch. How do you leave her off the 2023 Women's Mount Rushmore. So this year only, the Mount Rushmore of women's wrestling, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Mickey James, Trish Stratus. So, anything else on here? Nope, that's the end of it. So, twenty twenty three has been a great year for wrestling. I hope AEW steps things up in 2024 I, I see a lot of great things for wwe in 2024 and a lot of other wrestling promotions out there uh, i could i could have gotten into ohio valley wrestling uh, if you get a chance watch their uh, show on netflix i binge watched it it's very interesting to see what al snow and his financial backers are doing with OVW, so, but I can't even get into all that, hey, God bless you guys, pray for one another, love somebody today, be the reason somebody feels loved, till next panic attack, God bless you.